Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Uh, it's nerve-wracking right now. Um, democracy is resting in the balance right now. We don't know which way it's going to go. It really is. We are under assault. My three-year-old daughter looked up at me and said, Why, why, won't, why won't Fox News take Tucker Carlson off the air? I'm afraid for the future of democracy. <laughs> so the top Democrat in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, is very unhappy that Tucker Carlson has access to all this footage from the Capitol riot. And yeah, he's really, you know, uh, he's mad that Tucker Carlson is running stories that counter the interdicted propaganda that they've been pushing for years. Uh, all that video belongs to the people. Yeah, yeah, it does. And... Uh, you, he works for the people. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, some people. Yes, he works for some people. Right. Uh, yeah, well, he's, again, calling on Rupert Murdoch, the head of Fox News, to shut down Tucker Carlson. Because he's showing footage of January 6th? Yes. Different footage than what we've seen before? Yes. That's what this is about? Rupert Murdoch, who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it, has a special obligation. Said what were lies? I think he's referencing the Dominion lawsuit about the yeah. uh, stolen election claims that Trump had, but they keep saying Tucker Carlson was all right. in on that stuff, and, I mean, I remember very famously him just completely ruining Sidney Powell. We played the, the clips on the air, yeah. and there were people that thought that Tucker was paid off by the libs. Yeah. Plus the fact, try to stay on topic. We're talking about J6, right? Yeah. Yes. And they always divert. They always go sideways on that, too, the Dominion thing. Well, yes. I mean, what yeah. he is trying to get people, you know, to think is right. that Rupert Murdoch says, well, the video and what Tucker's doing are lies. Right. No. To stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight, now that he's seen how he has perverted and slimed the truth. This guy. <laughs> And from letting them go on again and again and again. Not because their views deserve such opprobrium, but because our democracy depends on it. Oh, These lies yeah. continue tonight. In other words, see, when we do it, mm -hmm. when the January 6th committee takes video and cherry picks it to yeah. present to people... That's good because that's us. Oh. But when it's somebody else and they get to take video and show a different side, that's a threat to our democracy and it's a threat to our power. <laughs> and we are looking like little children that's not getting their way. Well, well, I mean, yeah, the January 6th committee, and I guess this is a revelation for some based on what Tucker Carlson put out there, but we talked about it at the time. They had an old, what, ABC News producer do the yeah. whole January 6th committee thing. Yeah. Yes. I remember talking about it at the time, the first hearing. They dubbed over sounds of violence over mm -hmm. people walking through the halls of the Capitol. They did it to make it sound worse than it really was. 
And yes, not that they it put was screams a, in there. Right. Not yeah, that well, it was yeah. a great it's, thing. Not that it was this, like, oh, just a walk in the park. But, no, they juiced it up at every single turn. Yeah, it was Kiss Alive. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a total sidetrack, man. Don't do that to me. Because, man, it was a bad day when I found out that wasn't really live. Right, I know. I know. But anyway, that, yes, it's a bunch of children whining because they don't get their way. Our lie was secure until this happened. Give me a freaking break. Yeah. Well, it's also really illuminating that they have this set opinion that Tucker Carlson is downplaying the violence of that day because he's really not. It's just filling in some of the gaps that we that we weren't told about explicitly. Absolutely. I mean, he even one of the big features was him talking with a former a uh, Capitol Police officer named Tarek Johnson. This is a guy who was pictured wearing a MAGA hat during the riot. And as the story goes, a rioter actually put that on his head. Yes. And he decided to keep it on because he was trying to go uh, help other officers who were at risk of being assaulted. So that's not downplaying any violence. <laughs> No, it That's is not. A, it's like, no, you were wearing the MAGA hat as, as camouflage, essentially, for your own safety. Yeah, he's saying, I'm one of you people. Yeah. I'm one of the MAGA people. Don't hurt me. Yeah. Isn't uh, this, doesn't this remind you, isn't this similar to a trial? It's like the, the prosecution puts on its case, then the defense puts on its case, then it's up to you to decide. Yeah, but the left I mean, are so I used to this. getting their way, the other side is never supposed to get to present their case. Right, that's what I mean. I mean, it just seems like that would be the fair and equitable thing to do. Presenting both sides of the argument, and then coming together and saying, do you agree with that or disagree with that? What is it? That's not the way it works with that. No, it isn't. It's crazy. But I don't even think it's an argument back and forth. It really is just filling out the rest of the story. It's not... Right, but I'm showing... They showed you this. I'm showing you this. Right. But, and in this case, I mean, you, you hear from this former Capitol Police officer who one of the big gaps that needs to be filled in, and it, he and Tucker's doing it, is this former officer talking about how no one was prepared to handle any of this, and nobody knew what to do when it happened. Roll it. We knew that there was going to be a demonstration that day, but we had no idea that we were going to be facing what we faced on that actual day. So I ask over the radio and I say something to the effect that um, we need direction. We have hundreds of people inside of the building. What do you want us to do? We need some direction. I got I I heard no response, no response. So, you know, um, at that particular time, how how could nobody responded? Nobody responded. How's that possible? Yeah, I don't know. You knew it was going to happen. They knew it was going to happen, man. We talked about it the week before. Yeah. Well, that and that was the whole thing because he he claims that he's the guy who just sort of took charge in the moment and evacuated right. the Senate chamber. Yes, um, because no one really told him what to do, and he says, "Well, this is my job, so I'm going to get these people out of here." And meanwhile, on the House side, you know, again, it's uh, y- you you feel like you're putting on the tinfoil hat, but man, it seems like someone really wanted a lawmaker to get hurt or at least have the images. Like we yes. saw out of the house where people are like hunkering down and whatnot, because otherwise it seems like I'm listen, I'm not a logistics expert, nor am I a law enforcement official, but it does seem pretty obvious. Hey, you got people breaking windows. Step one, let's get people out of here. 
Okay? Yes. Okay. And we'll get more into this. Man, there's so many different clips to play throughout the show today. Um, But part of it is, as we were watching it, I remember coming into work that day, and I was talking before we went on the air going, man, I wonder what's going to go down. You think it's going to be anything? You think it's, you know, just going to be this protest and that's it? Or is is somebody going to get out of hand? You weren't quite sure. But for us, just three jamokes on the radio, knowing that there's a certain possibility that something bad could happen, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're telling me law enforcement there didn't know? How? We'll try to answer that a little bit later. Uh, Yeah, that's an unanswerable question right now, I think. Uh, In other gaslighting news, uh, we have secured the border, says Karine Jean-Pierre. Yeah, the White House Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, says that the president is solving the fentanyl crisis because he secured the border. Never mind that record numbers of people are dropping dead and record numbers or record amounts of fentanyl are being found and also passing through our southern border. Yes. Okay, let's hear this. We are seizing fentanyl at record historic levels because of what the, because of the of what the president has done to secure our border. Uh, and what? we've also coordinated Hold, hold uh, on a second. Sure- yeah, that's They're talking about rolling back rules at the border to go to the Trump law. Yeah. But she is saying, and this was from yesterday, we've already secured the border. Yeah. Well, then why would you be looking at anything different if it's secured? <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. When they talk about seizing record amounts of fentanyl, is, is that because there's record amounts of people trying to cross? Yeah. So this is like the home run record at 162 games. you got extra games. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, they get more opportunities, so there's more yeah. of them. So yeah. chances are you catch more well, of them as well. Yeah. Well, I, I remember a stat from several years ago, and it may have changed since then, but the, the, the general thinking was, you know, whatever, whatever the number of seizures of contraband or of, of, of drugs at the border, that represents about 10% right. of what is coming through. And yes. if you're hitting that 10%, that's pretty good. Because, you, you know, the border is so long, it's, it is right. very difficult to find all of it. You're never going to completely be able to shut it down. But if you have a record number of fentanyl seizures, that is an indication... <laughs> That there is also a record amount of of fentanyl coming in. Yes. Yes. She goes on. Uh, And look, we've also coordinated, uh, made sure that we're coordinated our our relationship with with Mexico uh, to deal with uh, what we're seeing as it relates to violence, as it relates to cartel. Uh, That is something, a relationship that we've continued to build with Mexico, an incredibly important partner. Uh, You saw that when he went down for the summit in Mexico City. So the president is is, is dedicated to this and is doing the work that we're actually seeing at the border, again, when you... You think about fentanyl. You can't put a sentence together. That is so crazy. You can't, barely. This is coming on the heels of the cartel murdering Americans. Right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Man, there's a lot to fix. But more and more people are waking up to this. You can feel it happening. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I, I think that I'm feeling positive. Um. Hey, have you ever wondered what happened to uh, Nick Cannon? Remember, some people thought he was going to get canceled for saying, you know, white people were the absolute worst ever. Yeah. Just awful people. 
not apologizing, and then he had to walk it back. It, it, well, he's still out there, and he's still fathering kids. Um, you got 12 now? Yes. 12 by Six like... different women. Man, oh, man. D- yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, you know. Science should study him. No, I mean, he's a loaded cannon, that's for sure. Hey. I'm waiting for Roger Daltrey. You can't do that without the Daltrey. <laughs> well, they're... That's, there's full fodder in that cannon. Oh Here we go. <laughs> there's going to be a new reality show. I don't know if you heard about it. I have not. Oh, I'm serious. Uh, it's going to find his next baby mama. Come on, man. I'm yeah. serious. Really? Sure, celebrate the culture. We're going to line Lean up a bunch in, of Scott. women who are going to yeah. vie for the chance to have his baby? Yes, yeah. called Who's Having My Baby? Okay. Coming to E this spring. And it's hosted by Kevin Hart. I'm going a bunch of us taxpayers get lined up and go, who's paying for the baby? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's got dough. He should be able to. Not much. He's got 12 kids. (laughs) He's working for $20 a week, man. Oh. Did you know Ron DeSantis is close to Hitler? (laughs) It's already started. The media has lost its mind. More on that and a news update next. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I couldn't believe this when I saw the headline, and I don't. I guess I don't think about professional tennis that much. But there is going to be a big tournament coming up in Miami, mm-hmm. and one of the greatest of all time, and the current world number one, Novak Djokovic, mm-hmm. still can't play in the United States. No, nope. he cannot. Didn't get the COVID vaccine. Can't come in. Still. I can't. I thought it this. was nuts last year with I, the U.S. I, Open. Honestly, I thought we were over this. Honestly, I did, and I kind of pay attention to this stuff. I didn't know you still couldn't come into the country if you weren't vaccinated. I didn't know this. Well, unless you come across the southern border. Well, then it's fine. Then yeah. it's fine. Yes, hundreds of thousands, millions. That's what he yeah. should have done. He should have took it, taken his racket, put it in a little bag, and just, <laughs> just <hoofed it. laughs> come across the border. Yeah. And so, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis sent a letter to Biden. Saying, hey, this is ridiculous. It is. Knock it off. So the only thing keeping Novak Djokovic from participating in the Miami Open Tennis Tournament is Biden's misguided and unscientific COVID-19 vaccination requirement for foreign travelers. Mr. President, lift your restrictions and let him compete. It's unfair, unscientific, and unacceptable. Yeah, the unscientific part is really the real thing here. It doesn't matter. We know this. Uh, yes. You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. Okay. And get that guy out of here. Enough of that. Can't wait till that little liar's got to go up in front of Congress. That's going to be fun. But I, this is unreal. Dude, here's the other thing I don't understand. Maybe you have the answer to this question, David. First of all, we know if you're young, you know, under 35, which Djokovic is, um, in great physical condition, which he's one of the best in the world, uh, yeah, you don't really need to be vaccinated. Oh, no. Okay? no you really don't. No real benefit to it. Some would say more risk with the vaccine than getting COVID. Yeah. Okay. What if, say, you were one of the 
you know, pro tennis stars, and you decided at the time you would get vaccinated. And then you got some more information, and you're like, well, I ain't getting no freaking booster. Not going to do that. And if you were foreign, then you could still play, correct? Yes. Even though that would have only lasted six months to a year tops. Yeah. Right. So what's the freaking difference? Oh, it's because anytime the federal government gets more power, it's impossible or very, very difficult to uh, take that power away from them. If you ever have an argument with someone about that and saying this is about power, no, it's not. It's about safety. It is. Then present this argument to that person and say, how is this about anything other than power? How could this be about safety? If someone got vaccinated when it was first available, it's already run out. They didn't get boosted, but they're okay to come here and play, but not the Joker. Give me a freaking break. But it's still about safety. Well, then you're brainwashed. <laughs> we all know that tennis rackets are conduit, conduits for COVID. True. They travel up the... the... Well, it's it's because the mesh isn't tight enough. You know, that's, that's probably You really need to double racket if right. you want to prevent getting yes. COVID. How about tie up Fauci and have the Joker surf <laughs> over a hundred mile an hour right at him? Mm-hmm. You want to rethink that, Fauci? I'll have him standing over now there. Now you're saying that the violence is the answer. <laughs> and Joker serves to him, and every time he misses, he gets hit with another one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave, what's the story? This is a sad story out of Illinois. Oh, my and gosh. You you told Robbins part of this off air yeah. and he started freaking out, but we don't know what happened. So this is in Troy, Illinois. This guy named Richard Magee, he'd been missing for several months since last April, actually. Uh, his wife, you know, got home and his car was in the driveway, but he was nowhere to be found. Nobody knew where he went. And yeah. now it turns out they found him. His body was found inside the house. Oh, and. Where? Well, the the cops had initially searched the property, but it's a hoarded home. So there oh. were only narrow passageways through yeah. all of the stuff, and it must have stunk something awful anyway because they didn't notice it until the body was way decomposed. Oh, golly. Well, did she kill him? They don't think so. I think he they... probably got trapped. She probably just lost him. Like, oh, well, yeah. He's, yeah. Man, that's sad. Man, oh man. Gosh dang it. Oh, we got to get to the former Capitol Police officer. Said, uh, the committee never contacted me. Next. Markley, Van Camp, and Robert Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial. The Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay. To me, what we've learned about January 6th from the video that Tucker Carlson has presented the last couple of nights on Fox News is a lot like what we thought. I don't know that there's been a huge bombshell other than, oh, man, the January 6th committee totally edited that Josh Hawley video to make it look like he was the only one running for his life. Yeah. To me, the... And a few other things. <clears throat> yeah, the QAnon shaman being 
uh, escorted around by Capitol Police was pretty big to me. Okay, I guess it didn't surprise me that much because we had had the video before of him on the Senate floor, you know, with cops having just a back-and-forth conversation. But when they're, like, checking doors for him, trying to open the doors for him, that's the part that... I'm like, oh wow, that- <laughs> yeah, that's that that is another level. I'm just being courteous to their guest. Yeah, right. I guess so. Yeah. So, one of the things though that we've learned is about this certain Capitol Police officer, mm-hmm. and this is really interesting. Yeah, it's uh, Tarek Johnson is his name. He's a former Capitol Police officer. This is one of the cops who uh, evacuated lawmakers, then went outside during the riot, but was suspended and ultimately resigned because he was photographed wearing a MAGA hat. <laughs> And he says that someone put the hat on his head and then he decided to keep it on so that he could move more easily through the crowd. Which, again, the fact that Tucker's reporting this just completely kneecaps all of this criticism of, he's saying it was peaceful. <laughs> like, no, man, the guy was wearing the MAGA hat as camouflage, essentially. Right. So I think they're too dumb to figure that out. Right. now, well, And they don't watch it, actually. No, that's true. Now, interestingly enough... This guy says the January 6th committee, you know, this thing that was looking to uphold the basic tenets of our democracy. (laughs) History will remember these people as those who saved the republic. Yes. Thanks, Liz Cheney. That that committee wasn't interested in talking with him. (laughs) Heck, you say. I pray almost daily that they would get to me. Um, I was never asked to testify and if you listen to the radio you were never asked by the january 6th committee? i was never asked by anybody connected to the january 6th um committee to testify um i ask myself why every day um and every day i might have a different answer but um i you know looked at what pretty much um they focused on donald trump and not the failures of the capitol police well i mean it's easy to see why they didn't want to talk to him yeah Exactly. Well, they, they because glossed, we all know they were, yeah, they were creating a narrative. They completely glossed over any of the intelligence stuff, which if you were really interested in finding out how this happened uh, and wanting to prevent something like this from happening again, you would want to address any sort of failure on the part of the response because it is still beyond belief to me, and I've felt this way for more than two years now. How is it possible that you have a joint session of Congress Include, that includes, at least we thought at the time, the vice president-elect herself in the building and the sitting vice president mm-hmm. in the building. And a bunch of goofballs were able to break in. Really? <laughs> yeah. We, t- <laughs> we talk about, like, in the post-9-11 world, you cannot go through an airport without having to take off your belt and shoes and get that stupid body scanner thing done. And yet... It's like some some dude from Mississippi missing a tooth like can just waltz on in. That's insanity. It's a great point. I'll say it again, man. We were watching it the day it happened and saying it's almost like they want it to happen. You could see it that day. And no one tried to sugarcoat the violence that happened. I don't hear Tucker doing that either. They're saying he's trying to omit and say it was just sightseeing. He plays the video of the violence. (laughs) They're taking that part out of context. It's amazing, dude. And so not only are we not getting any information about the intelligence they had ahead of time, 
we're no closer to knowing what the FBI involvement was, no. how many people they had on the ground, and how many people were agging people on to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, and I understand, well, that didn't make anybody do anything. And man, I hadn't had this thought in years. And I'll say it real quick because both of you guys, I've told you this story before. And I won't mention his name. Rest in peace, bro. An old buddy of mine, uh, we were the best of friends, but sometimes we could ag each other on to do stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay? It was one of those friendships. And this had to do with a girl and another guy. And the guy just overstepping constantly. And my buddy saying, he thinks you're a little female dog. He thinks you're not going to do anything. He just thinks you're going to take it. And finally, he had me, I'm like, drive to his house right now. Let's go. So he was like your Ray Epps. Yes. Okay. A little bit. That's what I'm saying. So you got enough people. It's an amped up sort of vibe as it is. And then you have different people in different areas. Well, at least Ray Epps was. Who knows how many? We got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. Go to the Capitol. You can see how it could happen. I, why doesn't Congress drag his fanny to the and into the firing line? Which one? Uh, Who? Ray Epps. Why does? Why don't they drag him up? No, there? they don't want to. Why? And no, have you, come on. They why would do they? not want to. But don't. Uh-uh. don't isn't the isn't in Republican control right now? As far as the House committee, I mean, with the House, yeah, drag his ass up there. Sit down. You could at some point. They Let's should. televise it. Let's all see it. Therefore, if he's got nothing to hide, we'll all know it. I bet it would never happen. He's probably protected. We'll see, man. There's a lot more to the story we don't know yet. And they don't want it coming out. You know that. That is for sure. All right, I know we got to move on. Let's go. It's that time of the show. We're always looking at different stories, and this might not have been the biggest story of the day, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what, what is your story? It's kind of staying on the Tucker Carlson thing. Uh, the legal minds at The View have... <laughs> <laughs> That's, yes. Again, this is ABC News. It didn't do some Jeez. talk show. It's ABC News, actually. Uh, they are reporting that Fox News should be shut down because they are recruiting white supremacist terrorists. What? <laughs> Here is uh, wow. Sonny Hostin. Oh, gosh. Again, she actually is a lawyer or was a lawyer. Biggest racist on that show. Yeah. No doubt about it. Talking about how, you know, I mean, this is absolutely recruitment to domestic terrorists. We got we to gotta do something about this because it's also infiltrating our military. Okay? The number one threat to our country, Mm -hmm. to the survival of our democracy, is domestic (laughs) terrorists. How do you recruit domestic terrorists? How do you do that? Misinformation. Having these kinds of rallies, saying these things in these substacks. They also broadcast grabbing news a lot on military bases, in airports, you see it a lot. (laughs) So the the proliferation of the lies is going out to places that supremacists are infiltrated all of the armed forces. Yeah, white supremacists are have infiltrated all of the armed forces because of Fox News and Tucker Carlson talking about the Capitol riot. Wow. They're the new Hare Krishnas yeah, at the yeah. airport. And I, I would also just point out that the most recent instance of domestic terrorism were left-wing protesters, including somebody who worked for the, or works for, the Southern Poverty Law Center, which every liberal loves to cite as the definitive, you know, source for <laughs> hate group information. 
Right. Yeah, they're they're actually facing domestic terrorism charges because they firebombed a construction site where a future police and firefighter training facility is going to go in Atlanta. Right. right. How about open a book or actually read the news? They don't have time ah. for that. Are you kidding? They've got their own brand to sell. Mm-hmm. What a joke. All right, Scott, what's your story today? Well, it, mine, too, but dovetails off that. It's Chuck Schumer admitted that he was invited to go on Tucker Carlson's show. Tucker said, hey, Chuck, come on in. Let's go. You and me on the show. He said, I will agree to go on after Tucker Carlson admits to his viewers live on the air that he's been lying to them about the 2000 elections and what happened on January 6th. Only then will I go on his show. How about going on his show and provide evidence of your position? jackass well again when he says that what lies are you talking about they don't get into specifics they cherry pick something from the hour broadcast tucker said that they were like sightseers well if you just take that little bit out you're not putting it in total context with watching the segment yeah and they know that. But they if do you it truly believe in your case and you think he's a stone-cold liar and you believe he has no place on television at all, then perhaps you should defend your position with him. Won't but do you it. won't. No, of course not. Of course not. <sighs> um, my story today has to do with race. Really? <laughs> Hardly um, anybody talks about that anymore. Well, you know, it, it, this has infiltrated all parts of society. And it does seem... When someone doesn't have an argument, they just go to race. Yeah. You see it all the time, and it certainly happens in sports. And it recently happened again on ESPN. Except this time, there was a guy that stood up to it. Really? Yes. And this is, even if you don't care about the NBA, and I'll tell you, I used to be, I would say, a fairly eh, decent fan of the NBA. Watched a number of games. Um, since 2020, I haven't watched a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I haven't boycotted it. I'll still watch occasionally some players that I like, but um, the whole woke stuff, which is such a big turnoff. And I, I still have a bit of a hard time with it. I get it. But I love basketball. Mm-hmm. So uh, on the uh, first take show on ESPN, Stephen A. Smith and Kendrick Perkins, former NBA player, J.J. Redick, also a former NBA player. Kendrick is black. J.J.'s white, by the way, if you didn't know. And, of course, because it's race, it's probably important to this story. For over a week, Kendrick Perkins has been saying that the race for the MVP is kind of racist. Really? Yes, because he's saying, um, is it Nicola? Um, Mm -hmm. The Joker from Denver. Jokovic. Yeah. Joke. Now I'm getting confused with the tennis player. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. Um, that he's going to win MVP again, but you know he, he's not going to lead the league in scoring. And the only people that have won this multiple times without leading the league in scoring, they're all white. Oh, boy. There's race. And so he was kind of baiting J.J. Redick about it. And finally, J.J. had had enough a couple of days ago on the show. And this is what he said. Stephen A., I, I, mean, Stephen a., I, mean, I mean no offense to you. And I mean no offense to First Take, because I think this show is extremely valuable. It is an honor to be on this desk every day. It really is. But what we've just witnessed is the problem with this show, where we create narratives that do not exist in reality. The implication, what you are implying, 
that the white voters that vote on NBA are racist. That are they, they favor white people. You I just not, said that. I you ju- yes, not, you did. I yes, did you did. Not, I did. Yes, not, you did. That I is did exactly not, what you implied, Kendrick Perkins. That is exactly what you implied. Secondly, hold on, hold on. I did not call. I stated the facts. I stated the facts, and you're not about to sit up. We all know what you implied the other day. We all know what you implied just now. Hold on. I said it's the facts. It's the facts. It's the facts. Okay. I want to just say something, Stephen A. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Did you hear Charles Barkley weigh in on this? Yes. Go ahead. He, he's basically like, "That's ridiculous." <laughs> There's been like five white guys in the last thirty years, or something like that. He got the MVP. But Perk is saying, "Well, the fact is, they didn't lead the league in scoring." Steve Nash, so Dirk Nowitzki. Well, when your back in your back's against the wall, you just start screaming. Yeah, and people have yeah certainly pointed that out. But what is it, Jamie? What do you mean? What is it? What's the argument? It's a fact! It's a fact! It's a fact! It's, I got it! Stop it! So, the, I saw this update then on this story where Kendrick Perkins, because he's taking a beating online. I mean, NBA fans saying the guy deserves it, man. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at different stats. Right. You know, well, Joel Embiid should get it. Well, you look at all the stat lines. And Jokic is better in all these different stats. And so Perkins tweets out, a speaker of all caps, truth has no friends. So remember Coach George Carl from back in the day? Yeah, Seattle, right? Yeah, that was glory days for sure. He tweeted back to Perkins, untrue, because honest, educated people respect truth. Also, don't forget that truth is about facts, not casual opinions. Exactly. Uh Uh-oh. Kendrick Perkins fires back. Do you, of all people, want to go there today? Because I definitely have time, homeboy. You most definitely have a few skeletons in your damn closet. There's a little bit of a threat there, huh? What does that mean? George Carl, um, go where? I was talking truth where you when you were in diapers. Coach Dean Smith introduced me to it, and I've lived it since. The truth here is the MVP voters aren't racist. Jokic is going to win because he deserves it. And you still owe me dinner from the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I think George Carl won that one. Mm-hmm. Say, everything got to be about race. Good night, man. Okay, much more to get to. Ukrainian group wants to ruin Top Gun. How? Yeah. David has that story next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Who's trying to ruin Top Gun? Who? Oh, uh, a group that represents Ukrainians around the world. Yeah. What? So the Top Gun sequel is nominated for six Academy Awards and ahead of the award ceremony on Sunday, an international group that represents the interests of Ukrainians uh, wanted to be pulled out of the running. Not eligible. Uh, they're claiming that a billionaire from Russia named Dmitry Rybalovlev, there you go, I think it sounded like I was chewing gum right there, uh, you got helped, it though, nailed it. helped finance the film and censored anti-Russian content. They're saying, well, contrary to the original film, Top Gun Maverick makes no direct or indirect reference to Russia. This is hardly a coincidence. So the backstory there is that there was a lawsuit 
uh, reported in January that claims that this dude was a silent partner in a production company associated with the film. He hasn't been sanctioned by the U.S., but he was included on the 2018 Putin list of Russian billionaires who became prominent figures under Vladimir Putin. Okay. Am I the only one that thinks you need our help so badly? Yeah. Stay in your lane. Yeah, pretty much. Well, this guy, this Maverick, no awards. <laughs> no! We'll make those decisions. And how about a please every once in a while and a thank you? That would be nice. <laughs> I, I don't get it. <laughs> Say please. <laughs> Say it. It's the little things right now that's just getting to me. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, break. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, I know a lot of people are talking about January 6th. We'll get to that. But great news. Fentanyl busts are at a record low. Oh, yeah. Uh, Record levels of people are actually dying from drug overdoses. And a lot of that is fueled by the border crisis and fentanyl coming in. But the White House seems to think that a record number of drug uh, seizures, uh, which just represent the tip of the iceberg, means they're being successful. Uh, Here is the White House Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. Because of the work that this president has done, because of what we've done specifically on fentanyl at the border, it's at historic levels. And what is that specifically? Yeah. Yeah, you just say it. You say do the work, crap like that. What do you mean? What have you done? Right. At historic lows, historic levels uh, that we have been able to uh, record a number of personnel working to secure the border because of what we've been able to do. Seizing that fentanyl, uh, we've done it in a historic way. <laughs> Everything is freaking something. historic, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's Seizing a historic it way. Yeah. In a historic way. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Way. That's because of what this president has done. I just talked about 23,000 federal agents that have been able to be, uh, uh, that we've been able to hire and put at the border to secure the border. On top of that, historic. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Was that to secure the border or was that to process more people? It was to process more people. So that's not securing the border. No. That's letting more people in. Correct. Right. On top of that, historic sanctions going after traffickers and other financiers are helping disrupt fentanyl supply. Sanctions are huge, just as yeah. Russia. Chains throughout their flow to the U.S. And we're really expanded access to treatments like uh, that are saving lives, if you think about it. No. Yeah. What are you talking if about? You think about you're talking about like putting Narcan in, in grade schools, which is a sad reality and a sad mm-hmm. necessity. To save people's lives, but that's triage. That's not a cure. Correct. Good night, man. Last week I saw a headline of a story that was asking the question, should parents just in general get Narcan to have around the house? Yeah. Because so many people 
would never guess their kid had taken something with fentanyl, or maybe they were somewhere where the where it was residue and they were having the effects. Whatever it might be, would it be just a good idea to have it around? Which I'm sure Corinne Jean-Pierre would say, and isn't that a great idea when you think about it? Because it'd be historic. Historic uh, the, uh, bottles of it in households across America. Mm-hmm. It'd be great. Those people could go 24 hours without saying no joke and think about it. <laughs> they wouldn't have anything to say. Oh, we got a lot of things that are historic right now, oh, but not in very, a good way. Very historic, yes. She was. Okay. Thank you for that update, David. Uh, meanwhile, former Capitol Police officer said he was punished for evacuating senators. Wow. Yeah, this is this is interesting. So Tucker Carlson is uh, continuing his series on what went on inside the Capitol during the riot a couple of years ago. Uh, he spoke with Tarek Johnson. This is a former Capitol Police officer. Uh, he says when the riot happened, no one was giving orders as to what they were supposed to do, so we just started evacuating senators. And at one point, a rioter put a MAGA hat on him. This is when he's outside now trying to come to the aid of other officers who were being assaulted. Tucker Carlson's whitewashing the violence of that day. Really? Hmm. (laughs) Well, he kept the MAGA hat on so he could move throughout the crowd without being harassed. Again, just a stunning whitewashing of the violence that occurred that day on the part of of Carlson. Ultimately, though, he was photographed wearing that MAGA hat. He was suspended, and then he resigned, and now he's, what, a part-time furniture mover or something like that? Yep. Uh, they, They ruined his life. And here's uh, part of what he had to say about that hat. Sometimes I look at it and like, thank you, God, for blessing me with this hat. And sometimes I'm like, wow, I wish this hat never came in my life. I figured if I had the hat on, it would be easier for me to navigate my way through the crowd. It was um, basically self-preservation and um, de-escalation, and I needed to get up those steps. I couldn't say what would have happened walking through that crowd without it. That is a wild story, man. It is. I don't mean to laugh. I just... Why did you laugh, by the way? <laughs> the hat that came into my life. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like an absurdist comedy, like drama yeah, comedy right. starring Daniel Radcliffe or something. Yeah. The now hat you've got to raise in. this hat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's wild. That's just an odd way of putting it. Yeah. That's all. I mean, it's true. It might have saved him. Maybe not from death, but from being assaulted. I don't know. All fun and games to you. Now we're going to be on Chuck Schumer's list. And these guys, these three jamokes, <laughs> laughing at January 6th. I'm just very open to hats coming into my life. I love them. <laughs> you do love hats. Yeah, that's right. True. You wear it every day, for those that don't know. Yes. The Seattle Mariners hat today, as a matter of Fly fact. the Mariners flag today. Yeah. Yes. You know, man, I got a piece of audio to play for you from... Uh, Tucker Carlson. This is not from last night, but the night before. Okay. And I thought I would just bust this out. It's under, it's well under two minutes. But this whole nonsense that Chuck Schumer keeps throwing out there of saying he's whitewashing everything, saying it was just sightseers, that's not at all what's been presented over the last couple of nights on that show. So just roll this. These are the pictures you've seen of January 6th. It's They're showing familiar? the violence. How can you actually say he's downplaying everything when he's showing the violence? Oh, I, 
look, look here, here's the thing. They, they don't have to be subtle about disinformation anymore because guys like Chuck Schumer, what they're going to do is they'll go out there and take everything on a scale of 1 to 10 to 20 because that then gets filtered through friendly media. Which, which then it did just, this morning on Good Morning America right, and the Today Show. Which then just says, oh, Tucker Carlson was trying to downplay the violence that happened on January 6th. Here's Chuck Schumer saying something about it. They're not going to say the hyperbolic stuff. It's the same reason why you had people like Chuck Schumer, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, a, a slew of media pundits all saying this was like Pearl Harbor or even worse Ugh. than 9-11. Because they know that hysteria, even though most people, if they saw that statement in full, would, would laugh at you. They would laugh them out of the room. But you know it what? gets filtered through friendly media, and now people think, okay, well, yeah, this obviously was this terrorist attack, and it was pretty bad. Uh, and Tucker Carlson, well, clearly, yeah, he's just whitewashing the whole thing. Dang, man. And then to have guys like Mitch McConnell, other Republicans, saying, no, I don't think that's accurate. Well, we, we were there that day. Yeah. Are you freaking kidding? It's disgusting, and it goes. It does really go back to, I think, the way we all felt right before Christmas break when they passed that monstrosity of a bill, trillions of dollars, for all this nonsense, putting us deeper in debt, saying, you know what? The Republicans that voted for that, they're just as bad. Because it's all about one rule, and it's the elite. It's not about the people. Yeah. It's about a group of people enriching themselves and keeping the power. And I think that idiot's one of those people. Oh, yeah. I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. All right, there's other stuff out there. Okay, let's get to uh, the New York City mayor. This is something when it yeah. comes to COVID and masking, isn't it? Yeah, New York has been dealing with an uptick in crime, and shoplifting has been a big deal, robbery, things like that. It's been a bad, bad situation. Uh, and now the mayor, Eric Adams, is saying shopkeepers need to do something. It's crucial to tell people to take off their face masks. <laughs> Golly. Roll it. We are putting out a clear call to all of our shops. Uh, do not allow people to enter the store without taking off their face masks. People will die. Um, when you see these mask wearing people, oftentimes it's not about being fearful of the pandemic is fearful of the police catching them for their deeds, and we're really putting a call out. Hmm. But however, will we know? I know. Well, wait a second. I mean, Fauci. I mean, this isn't like years ago now. This was months ago, talking about the kids may have to mask back yeah. up for school before he retired. So he was saying that it still kept them, quote, safe. Oh, yeah. So what about these poor people that just want to go into a yeah. store and shop? You, uh, Mayor Eric Adams is uh, taking part in an experiment in human sacrifice, obviously. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Taking the masks off people. What, because crime and pandemic is going on? It doesn't end yet. I don't know why it is. Everybody on the show has the fake cry, and it always makes the other guys laugh. Yeah, well, it's good. <laughs> I can't help it, man. It's just funny. Okay, there's a lot to get to. Um, okay, David. Sometimes I think you just play stories to just to trip people's trigger. 
how a top House Democrat, Hakeem Jeffries, said, hey, we saved the economy? Really? What? I can't wait to hear this. And a news update straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, we saved the economy, said Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're at a point where pretty much everyone is going backwards financially. There are still a ton of people relying on things like food pantries to survive. Credit card debt is at a record high, but according to the top Democrat in the House, Hakeem Jeffries, everything's going great. This was on CNBC. Okay. Well, let's think about where we've been and where we are now. Uh, when the American Rescue Plan was passed under the leadership of President Biden, Speaker Pelosi, Leader Schumer, Democrats in the House and the Senate, we were able to rescue uh, the economy and save it from a deep recession. Incorrect. If we have a recession, like a really deep recession, that was kind of the beginning of it. That caused inflation. What is he talking about? Oh, they lie. They lie all the time. That's I mean, it Jeffries, wasn't. Man. Well, in fairness, it wasn't the sole cause of inflation, but that was. I think I, I've heard the quote, uh, and this was from. Oh, what's his name? Larry Summers, I think, an economist in the Obama White House back in the day, said that was like the original sin of the inflation problems here in the United States. <sighs> okay, I guess, and people run with that. They believe it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there are enough people. I think this is the deal, and that's what I come back to all the time. Independence opinion of news of the political parties on what is the best way for the country moving forward has shifted a great deal in the last few years. And those are the people that usually swing the elections one way or another. Mm-hmm. And I know you've said this many times, even though the fall, the midterms, big disappointment for the Republicans, David. Mm-hmm. Uh, nationally, maybe. But within states, within communities, no. not at all. <clears throat> and that's where a lot of change is going to happen. So you oh, yeah. see that school boards yeah, and within local yeah. municipalities all over the country. And, and a lot of it is because people have fled blue states yes it's and true. they they know i mean the thing is you know i know the the phrase like don't california my texas is popular with some conservatives in the state of texas i think it's just completely the wrong tack because man a lot of those people who who go to texas from california go to florida from illinois or whatever mm-hmm. are some of the most conservative people who are willing to fight for yes. the cause Yep, that's absolutely true. I think they should be regarded as asylum seekers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another story out there, and I think this is a little bit sad uh, for some people because an old dude got busted uh, for handing out candy to kids, but he was doing it from a good place in his heart. Yeah, Small town in Canada, Hanover. Cops picked up this guy, suspicious older male, 
for trying to hand out this candy. So he pulled over his car, went up to a young boy walking home from school, and said, hey, do you want this box of chocolates? Well, kid is like, no. The guy was like, oh, no, you can have it. If you don't want it, maybe your mom would like it. Gosh. So cops eventually tracked him down and questioned him. But they didn't arrest him, and here's why. He said, I was just trying to participate in the random acts of kindness day. <laughs> yeah. And they come to the conclusion he really was. Well, maybe he was. Yeah, you can't do that, though. <laughs> yes. There's an old Bill Burr bit about that where he's like, and he starts it off saying, I'm sick of pedophiles. Like, I mean, that's just sort of the jumping off point. And part right. of it is, I used to love being around kids. I love their energy. But now I'm just like, get that bleeping thing away from me because I don't want to be accused of being a deadler. Yes, exactly. And it reminds me of one of your stories, Scott. True. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the same thing when you read that. I'm like, this happened to me. It did. But I was in my recovery from my heart attacks. I was living with my daughter for a while. Right? Yes. And she lived in a nice little neighborhood mm-hmm. in a very mid-sized city. Yes. And kids would be outside a lot and they'd be riding their bikes. And there was one little guy in particular that lived next door that was always by himself, riding by himself. And he'd take his glove and his ball and he'd just throw pop-ups to himself and catch them. You know, didn't have anybody to play with. And you kind of befriended him. And I started talking to him every now and then, and, you know, we were chatty. And I said to him one time when I pulled in the driveway, he came over, and I said, hey, man, I said, hey, you ever go to a ball game? And the kid goes, I've never been to a ball game. I said, well, I'd like to take you to a Chiefs game sometime, which was our minor league team. Yes. Live, right? And so he lives with his grandparents, right? Yeah. So he runs inside and tells his grandma, hey, this guy offered to take me to a baseball <laughs> game. Boom! <laughs> Cops show up. You know, they just want to talk to me. Hey, can we talk to you for a second? I'm like, dude, I didn't. Oh, my gosh. I wasn't even thinking about that, you know? And now I understand because if my granddaughter came to me and go, hey, the guy next door just said he'd take me to the mall, I would probably go, well, wait a minute. Yes, kids are trained. I get it, but it's like. Here, I thought I was doing a good thing, you know, like, hey, you know. Like Chris Hansen showing up. <laughs> right, like, exactly. Why don't you take a seat here, Scott? Yeah, I'd say, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I would say even in a mentor relationship, that jumped quickly from, you know, a couple <laughs> well, of conversations, I mean, maybe throw, play catch a little bit, something yeah, to lead up well, to, get to know the Just the seemed parents. like a nice kid. I just felt. Hey, ball game, all three. <laughs> like that day because I got two granddaughters, neither one of them ever wanted to go to a game. Like, hey, maybe this kid will go. I'll take a kid to a game. What a good guy I am. Scott, what exactly did you mean when you told him maybe you can get some balls signed? <laughs> See? That, that Exactly. Now now we've gone into this whole other area. But my heart was in the right place. I know. I'm telling the cop. Really, I had the cops kind of laughing, going, okay, well, here, you just can't say that stuff. I'm like, I know. I lost my mind for This a is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David. <laughs> Biggest story of the you day. You forgot is, that story, didn't you? Is we, we, just, we just found out why Scott wound up on that registry with the county. <laughs> See, that's not, that's not true. Fake news. <laughs> I was trying to be a hero. Probably the biggest story of the day uh, is the uh, continuing uh, stories that Tucker Carlson is broadcasting, showing some of the unseen footage, hearing from some of the people involved in the Capitol riot or in the response to the Capitol riot, and learning a lot more than we ever did from a taxpayer-funded investigation. Got that right. So we'll get to that and another news update next. 
The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Oh, Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. The millennial David Van Camp and the sexy boomer. Scott Robbins. Okay, so a lot coming out about the January 6th tapes. The ones that we hadn't seen before until it was given to Tucker Carlson from Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. House leader for the Republicans. Now, Mitch McConnell from the Senate. Republican, not happy no. about how Tucker's taking this, and he says, you know, propagated something that's not true, because mm-hmm. he was there on yeah. January 6th. Old Junebug's not too thrilled with Tucker Carlson. Hmm? That's correct. Oh, no, I'm very upset right now. <laughs> you call him Junebug, David. Yeah, because he always looks kind of surprised, like he inhaled a Junebug on accident, and it's just they're kind of, he doesn't yeah. know if he should swallow or try to spit it out, or... And he's just sort of stuck with the middle ground. It's been there since 1986. Yeah, it's one of those looks that you don't know if you got yeah. Grandpa the right president or not, because you really can't tell. <laughs> and the you, facial expression never changes. Right, exactly. Yeah, and you right. can, if you listen closely, you can hear it buzzing in his throat. <laughs> well, I think that Tucker Carlson is not very good. And I've watched it because uh, Clarence, that's the name of that June bug that's stuck in my throat since 1986. <laughs> he's a fan of Tucker Carlson's. I'm not. I, I drink some Ovaltine, and I take a nap while Clarence watches the tub. <laughs> and so Tucker mentioned that last night, that some Republicans were taking issue oh, yeah. with showing people and really letting you come to your own conclusions about what you saw. At least that's how I took it. Yeah. Um, Which is fair. But Tucker alluded to this idea, and I know we've all talked about it before, that sometimes you feel like, does it really matter? Republicans, Democrats in power. As far as a lot of issues, maybe not all, but a lot of issues, you have these establishment people that are basically on the same side. And I always reference this because I remember when it was the beginning of the 2016 election campaign, and that would have been the year before in 2015. And as far as you know, corporate America, they didn't really care if it was Jeb or Hillary, because either way, they were going to win. And I think that probably tells you something. Mm-hmm. They didn't want someone else coming in that wasn't establishment. As long as it was establishment, right? they're all good. And then, of course, social issues are a different thing. But I saw this piece at the Federalist from Molly Hemingway, who I have great respect for, think She's a very smart person, and I would say at least 90% of the time, I would say, I agree with what she has to say. And she did a piece talking about Mitch McConnell, saying, you know, you weren't elected to do the bidding of Chuck Schumer and CNN. You're supposed to represent the people. And I think she brought up some pretty good points with that, Um, saying he could have said something in defense of the First Amendment-protected right of assembly, and to petition government for, you know, grievances. That maybe all of that video belonged to the people, which it does. Um, Said he could have brought up a whole list of things. He could have brought up uh, the importance of election integrity and security. Noting that the 2020 election and the radical changes to the laws and processes governing it in the months leading up to it had been bad for the country. Okay, everybody wants to talk about big lie, big lie, oh, the Dominion lawsuit, everything else. you got to remember how many laws were changed because of COVID. And there was nefarious crap going on in a whole lot of states. Oh, yeah, and it it was beyond, or actually it was around 
the state legislatures. It was behind their backs. I mean, you had secretaries of state in multiple uh, swing states going out there and just unilaterally changing the law because we were told, oh, it's too dangerous to go vote in person until it was, what, a week out? And then mm-hmm. the CDC says, well, even if you have COVID, go vote in person. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Molly Hemingway said to Mitch McConnell, uh, you could have mentioned how big media and big tech conspired to meddle in that election, which they did, and that messing with people's elections is a major problem in this country and something about which, well, Americans have every right to be upset. Mitch could also have said Tucker Carlson's journalism was a reminder that one can never trust narratives from corporate left-wing media such as CNN. True. Yeah, true. Because how many times have they been proven liars over the last seven years? I mean, you go back farther than that. But certainly in the last seven years, time after time after time. Um, you know, they could have, or Mitch could have listed the lies and deceptions put forth by CNN. Like the recent news that they intentionally suppressed journalism about the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Yeah, how about that one? Because they thought it might help their political opponent... <clears throat> Yep. Donald Trump. Yep. And goes on and on and on, not to mention about the Supreme Court justice hearings of Kavanaugh, God. in which they falsely and repeatedly portrayed him as a serial gang rapist. Yes. And you know what? I was thinking to myself, I was trying to imagine, what if Mitch would have mentioned all these things when asked about Tucker Carlson? I think some of us even though been, you know, critical of Mitch over time, would have said, you know what, I give it to him, man. Good for you. Because a lot of us have had to deal with these narratives and fight them for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then you just get in line, I'm just pouring a So good for Molly Hemingway. I'm glad that she put that out there. Also in the news... Well, Ron DeSantis, Yeah, you have a story, David, saying he demolishes the fake news. Yeah, well, a new hoax has dropped concerning the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. You might have heard about some bill that would require people who write about elected officials to register with the state. Yeah. So one lawmaker (laughs) proposed it, and nobody is supporting it. Nobody else in the state of Florida is like, yeah, we're going to do this. Well, no, that's clearly illegal and unconstitutional. Um, It has no support, really. National media outlets, though, are claiming DeSantis is the one who proposed it, and he wanted to eliminate First Amendment protections. And here's, here, it's amazing. Here's one great example from presidential advisor and MSNBC historian Michael Beschloss. Oh, this guy. Yeah. Okay, roll it. Look what Rick DeSantis has done in Florida. Ron. Suddenly, he really has tried to turn himself into sort of a local Mussolini in Florida with the book banding and the brutal tactics. And even this week, this suggestion that bloggers have to register with the state for the honor of writing about the governor and other other political leaders. We have to call this what this is. This is fascism and authoritarianism. (laughs) No, you're lying, actually. In his defense, he never said that about Ron DeSantis. That's true. He said, he it said about that about Rick DeSantis. Rick DeSantis. I don't know who he is, but <laughs> yeah. he's Mussolini, whoever yeah. he is. Yeah, there, there will be no corrections to this, but DeSantis responded to this narrative, and I thought this was very well done. 
Okay. Every person in the legislature can file bills, right? I see these people filing bills, and then there's articles with my face on the article saying that, oh, they're going to have to, red bloggers are going to have to register for the state. And it's like attributing it to me. And I'm like, okay, that's not anything that, that, that I've ever supported. I don't support. Uh, I've been very clear about what we're doing. And I, I like today, he actually did go out and they produced a video and talking about the so-called book banning. Which oh, that's, that's another one, yeah. That's another big hoax. No one's yep. banning books in the state of Florida. Taking books out of a curricula or out of curriculum and out of a school library is not banning a book. Um, and they actually did put together a video, and he did a press conference talking about the material in question that's being removed. And it is incredible because on multiple social media uh, sites, it's being flagged now as potentially harmful or sexually explicit material. <laughs> and so, like, on his actual Twitter account, when he put it out there, put the video out there that the state produced, it's actually flagged as, well, maybe uh, a little sensitive for some viewers, you know, viewer discretion advised. And according to... Uh, apparently, I haven't seen any video of this, but apparently uh, local news outlets were taking that feed and they shut it off because it was too graphic. <laughs> but it's but, okay to teach but first that's graders. that's perfectly fine for an elementary school kid. Right. God. What's wrong everything. with that picture, right? It tells you everything. I mean, seriously. It tells you everything. Um, it, was, it reminds me of the book that's coming out. And Tucker... Talked to Carol Markowitz last night. I saw that, yeah. And the book is called Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and Indoctrinating a Generation. And, you know, to hear her talk about it, I definitely want to read the book. Um, because I think the way he framed the question was, you know, what is this just book about, basically? The thesis is that the cultural revolution has arrived in America, and as you said, they're targeting our kids. Kids are much easier to indoctrinate than adults, and kids are a pathway to those adults. Every yes. cultural revolution in history has separated the family unit, or tried to, first, to get to the kids. So this is happening. It's happening not just in our schools. It's happening in our institutions, in uh, various organizations, in corporations, obviously. And we noticed how kids are the first target of it. So we needed to get the message out. The previous countries that have had totalitarian regimes target their children can say they didn't know, but people who get our book cannot say that. They have to know. So I was thinking of you, David, because you got a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Yeah. And so what are your thoughts just in general about, okay, education with kids, knowing what's going on, and they're not going to take their foot off the gas with this stuff because it's a lot more than about LGBTQ rights. It is about tearing apart a country. Yeah, they, I'll just say this, and it, you know, I, I hear from uh, people every time we talk about this, but I know there are good teachers out there, but as a, as a rule, in my opinion, the public education system has a lot of ground to make up before I ever trust them with my kids. And it's, you know, take out ideological uh, brainwashing that some teachers and some schools are pushing through, but even the pandemic. I mean, I live in Texas, and I know, you know, in Texas it wasn't nearly as bad with COVID as it was in other states when it comes to mm -hmm. school closures and things like that, but it did still happen. 
Um, and it's like, nope, I'm okay. When push came to shove, you guys man down. Uh, you didn't do your jobs, and right. you got pissy about it when somebody said you need to go do your job. So that's strike one and two as far as I'm concerned. And then, you know, you have uh, different administrators openly defying uh, a ban on critical race theory lessons saying, well, yeah, we still teach it, but we're just calling it something else. And not to mention uh, outright pornographic material. And I'm just worried some purple haired freak is going to try to convince my daughter that she's a boy and help ruin her her life. And yes. So, no, I for me, it's yeah, it's going to be homeschool until I until I really know that real reforms have happened and you're not going to try to brainwash my freaking kids. Then I'm not going to trust the state with, with with their lives. Are well, you and nuts? Not only that, you've got so many teachers that will actually go online and say, "I know what they tell me. I can and can't do. I don't care. Yeah, I'm going to do it my way, and I'm going to talk about queer theory and gender theory and all that stuff." And the other thing that she said, I don't know, maybe we have the clip where she talks about how many people she's talked to that said, "Well, my school is pretty cool. I mean, I live in this different sort of place." She's like, no. And then you come surprised to find out, oh, it is there. Well, it's very actually hard to convince parents that this is happening. Parents don't want to believe that there's porn in their school library. They don't want to right. believe that the teachers exactly. are indoctrinating them. They see these libs of TikTok videos and they say, not in my school. This would never happen right. here. I live in a that's red right. area. It's happening right. everywhere. And that's really the message. It's happening near you. It's terrifying. Yes. All right. You want something on a lighter note? You look at like that. You can't I take just, any more, Scott. I hear this, and I think to myself, when did this become part of the teacher requirements? Oh, it's it's been in the no, works I, for I'm, decades. I mean, I, it started with just your basic garden variety liberalism, and just sort of advanced from there. Well, with with people that have come out of college in the last ten years, especially, yeah. it has ramped it up fast. On a lighter note, maybe you would like this idea, Scott. Okay, because you still like to go to concerts. Yes. Jamie Lee Curtis is yes. saying she wants bands to now consider playing matinee shows because she wants to go to bed on time. Well, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that 100%, no. She said, I still like to rock. Mm-hmm. And then she said, so I'm going to ask bands like Coldplay and you 2 to play matinee shows. I'm thinking, okay, your definition of rock and mine are maybe a little different. <laughs> well, but yeah. her point is, how about some matinee shows? And you're saying, let's do something about that. Well, I'm I'm not opposed to it. Like a two p.m. show instead of you know not going on until after nine or you know well, nine thirty. It'd be and like then, a weekend, right? Uh, yeah, it'd be hard to do a Tuesday and two o'clock in the afternoon. But unless you're playing the villages or something like that, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I don't think you're going to get much of a crowd. <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty tough, I would think. Okay, much more to get to. Another news update. And if you want uh, tips, because Van Camp loves tips, it's when to shop thrift stores. Oh, okay, straight ahead. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Saw a news update. It was from ABC on that crazy guy on that flight, Boston to LA. Oh, gosh. Broken metal spoon to try to stab people. Said he would kill every man on this plane. They thought he was trying to open the door. Yeah. Holy cow. 
Well, they talked to one of the guys that took him down, the passenger. It's pretty wild. His name is Simic Ukasian. And he said in an interview, he was seated, you know, several rows behind this nut and said he didn't think too much about it, but he heard him getting louder and louder. And he thought it was an argument, but he started yelling and screaming. And then when he heard him threatening people, threatening to kill them, it's like, oh man, I better do something. So once he saw that broken spoon, says he was among, you know, five or six who piled onto this guy, Francisco Severo Torres, and got it away from him, and then they were trying to hold him down. Ukasian said the guy was strong, really strong, was resisting. We had a hard time holding him down. It was total teamwork. So everything just exploded in a few seconds. So he asked the flight attendant, hey, you got some zip ties or duct tape? So, yeah, they had some zip ties, and that's how they got him tied up, this guy, before they had landed. And I think, again, this just raises um, the big question about toxic masculinity in, <laughs> in our society. How dare he try to protect people by tackling this guy? Terrible. Well, they and the other guys that got him. on top of him. Yeah, is that when you call in the psychologist? Yeah, right then and there. Is that I when that so. works? Yeah. yeah. Before you Got stab it. me with that, uh, let's talk yeah. about your childhood for a minute. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, I know you have a story coming up in a few about hate that has descended on a city. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> There's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth going on somewhere in America right now, and we'll yes. get to that. Yes, there is. People still talking about Tucker Carlson and just how unhinged he was airing this video that the American people should never see. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, he's filling in some of the gaps from the Capitol riot, showing video that, at the very least, raises significant questions about security that day. But the whole thing has been reduced to this lie that Tucker Carlson is trying to say nothing violent happened that day. It's a total lie if you've actually watched it, and it's remarkable how coordinated the pushback really is. I mean, they knew, obviously, like all of us did, that this was coming that yep. Tucker was going to be airing this. And it's like they had pre-printed talking points, and most national media uh, knew it, the Democrats knew it, and they, they coordinated this smear against an American television personality that's just remarkable here. Uh, here's the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. <laughs> okay. Anybody who watched that video would strongly degree, disagree. Anybody who watched that video uh, in a... What? With their own eyes in a real way and saw what happened on that day would would disagree with what was just stated. Hold on a second. If you would watch it, you wouldn't believe your lion eyes. Right. 
Well, if you what she's saying is if you watch the selectively edited clips and the narratives that Democrats have put out there, uh, then you know that Tucker Carlson's selectively edited clips are not true. I. <laughs> It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, they really don't believe in video evidence at all. I mean, whatever you see, you haven't seen. Right. I mean, they've been telling us that for years now. Yeah, it's we are going to create the narrative right. around the video we choose, I, I, and that's the truth. I that's realize, our truth, which is the truth, and you right. can't see anything else. I realize what you're seeing tells you something different, but I'm here to tell you what you're seeing is not true. Okay. Okay, got it. Um, the president has been very clear. January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. And we should be focused. Have we gone back okay, to the hold Civil on a War second. now? It, you know, I know that we've talked about these dates that will be in our minds forever. Uh-huh. December 7, 1941, mm-hmm. September 11, 2001, and January 6, 2021. Which is laughable. But now... Okay, and I think other people have said this, but still, yeah. this is something, man. It was man. the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worse than 9-11. Yeah, and yeah, of course. And on par with the Civil War, where you actually had states seceding in a, in a brutal, deadly battle between countrymen. Mm-hmm. The kamikaze attack at Pearl Harbor. Uh-huh. Nothing compared to... The QAnon shaman. Exactly. Who was being led around by Capitol Police officers. What kind of freaking acid are you taking, Kareem? <laughs> Mussolini, Hitler, QAnon shaman. Oh, my gosh, yes, man. <laughs> and we should be focused on making sure that never happens again. Okay. See if you think this point is kooky, because I'll take it. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. I haven't thrown it to you off the air. Just thinking about the way they're talking about this video. Okay. And to me... Now that you've seen what Tucker has presented and you saw everything that the January 6th committee uh, presented, you could still come away with the conclusion it was a terrible attack on democracy. I wouldn't frame it that way, but I think some people could do that and say it could never happen again. Um, but it wouldn't be this crazed far to the left take that we've heard all this time. It would be a little more measured and the same person could say, you know what, Uh, not everybody in there was a complete rioter. Some people just followed people in. And what was security doing? Why did they lead the QAnon shaman around and try to find his way into the Senate floor? Why did they do that? That's what they want to stay away from. That's what I'm convinced of. Because, to me, when everyone saw the George Floyd video, you're like, oh my gosh, that is the worst thing I've ever seen. That that guy's got to go to jail for life. And then you saw the whole nine-minute video. You could still come away with the same conclusion that the guy should go to jail, the cop, Chauvin. Mm-hmm. But it told a completely different story than what you had heard. And it gave everything context. And it may have changed your mind that, you know what, I don't know. That dude may have died from a fentanyl overdose. Maybe he didn't. Not quite sure. Right. But you knew he wasn't right from the get-go. And even sitting in the car, it told a completely different yeah. story. That's why you can't cherry pick things. You got to see it in the whole context, which to me is, you know, if you are on the left and Tucker plays this, of course, that person's going to say, yeah, he's going to lean with any right wing talking points that would come out of this. He's going to use that to his advantage. That's what everybody in freaking media does. <laughs> what the left says is it can only be ours. Ah! 
because they really don't want the truth to come out. Because they've owned everything. Big tech, all the top, you know, legacy media networks. That's the way I see it. Well, nothing tells me that you're over the target more than the freak out that's going on. Oh, buddy. I mean, nothing. They give it away. Yes. I mean, you know that that the Capitol Police were not prepared. That goes beyond comprehension. Yeah. But why wouldn't you want the American people to see the the fullness of the events that took place? Because you want to manipulate people. I mean, yeah. Well, it's the same reason why the January 6th committee never actually went into the details of intelligence failures or law enforcement failures, because that's a big part of the story, too. It is. I mean, again, if you're getting on a Southwest Airlines flight, before you get on the plane, you're going to have to go through a TSA checkpoint. You're going to have to take off your shoes, take off your belt. Yep. You're going to have to go through the, one of those body scanners. Mm-hmm. And if you have like a, a bottle of soda that's half drunk, well, you're going to have to throw that out because that's a security risk. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that Southwest Airlines or any of your local airports have better security than the United States Capitol? Are you joking? They yeah, wanted it to you, happen. You ever got a face full of Coke? It hurts like hell. It burns. It does, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's physical. Burns. You put some Mentos in there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, well, the former Capitol Police officer yeah, said it, no one was prepared. Yeah, Tarek Johnson that was featured on Tucker Carlson's show talking about being amongst the rioters, which I was led to believe by Legacy Media and Chuck Schumer that Tucker Carlson was trying to downplay violence on that day. Heck, you say. We knew that there was going to be a demonstration that day, but we had no idea that we were going to be facing what we faced on that actual day. So I ask over the radio and I say something to the effect that um, we need direction. We have hundreds of people inside of the building. What do you want us to do? We need some direction. I got I I heard no response, no response. So. You know, um, at that particular time, how how could nobody responded? Nobody responded. What, a coffee break, smoke break. What's going on? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> how does that happen? Those guys were hung out to dry, man. It's terrible what they did to those people because mm-hmm. they knew it was going to happen. All right, I know we got to get your update, David. There's oh, yeah. some hate going on somewhere. Yeah. Where is it? A community rocked by hate. This is Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Okay. This is America. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess last month in Fort Lauderdale, they like repaved a particular road and then put in like the whole like inclusivity pride flag. You know the thing? It's got like the the what three triangles in it, and you got the rainbow and all that nonsense. And anyway, mm-hmm. uh, somebody decided the other day rocking it <laughs> in a big old pickup truck, a Ford F-250, I do believe, and decided to do a burnout on it and <laughs> left some tire tracks on it. Oh, no. And this is rich, man, because now they might they might be investigating it as a hate crime. Are you serious? Yeah. Here's, here's the opening part of the report from ABC7. A community hit by hate when a man leaves tire marks all over a pride flag painted on an intersection. Residents around the area speaking out in disgust. Seven's Danielle Garcia is live in Fort Lauderdale with more on the search for that driver. Danielle, good morning. Rocked by hate. (laughs) Everybody knows that tire tracks don't belong on a road. Roads are where paintings are. 
And then they talked. It was one of those mega Fast and Furious people. <laughs> they were burning rubber. It was Fast and Bicurious. Anyway. <laughs> that's, the, that's the perfect sequel for 2023. <laughs> you know, actually, that, that's, they, were, they weren't trying to deface anything. They were just adding the Bicurious mark on the flag, which right, happens yes. to be. Treadmark. Treadmark from yes, an F-250. Right. right. There you go. <laughs> they talked with one person who uh, I guess works in the area about this. And man, you talk about somebody being brainwashed. Listen to this. They put a lot into putting this flag here. They redid the road. There's a lot of time and money put into the effort to make this nice, to support our gay community. And then they just completely defaced it. I was so disgusted like that people would do this, that they would spend their time doing something so hateful. I hope that they get educated, to be honest with you. Above everything, I hope that they're called out yeah get educated Edu- get called. educated on what i'm so sick of the just get educated <laughs> nonsense <laughs> well you know <laughs> i i just can't help but remember in 2020 we were told it was normal for mobs to tear down statues mm. of christopher yes. columbus and and even abraham lincoln the elk statue in in portland like that's okay that's all okay to deface yes but this is sacred you know, you can go out in the street and burn an American flag. That's your First Amendment right. Yep. But don't touch that pride flag. <laughs> no burning rubber. Yeah, don't get educated about Abraham Lincoln. No. Okay, th- th- leave that one yeah. alone. Tire tracks on a, ga- on a pride flag? Yeah. Okay. And it couldn't have been a Prius because it's not capable. <laughs> <laughs> he was rolling coal. I don't like that at all. Whoa. By the way, did you see the latest freakout in hockey? I just happened to see this last night. Yeah, the Minnesota Wild accused of homophobia because the players didn't want to wear the pride jerseys. Apparently, that was pride night. They had the rainbow jerseys. Mm-hmm. And the way I understand the story, plenty of players saying, heck no. Good. No, don't wear that. I mean, there, there was one defenseman who, who did a, a few weeks ago say, no, I'm not doing that during the pregame warm-up. And I think that opened the door for a whole lot of people to say, look, man, I don't care if you're gay, if you're whatever. Right. I don't care. But... I'm not going to drape your particular flag on my body just because the mob tells me it, I have to. It's not accepting. It's celebrating. You need yeah. to celebrate. If not, you're homophobic. Because mm-hmm. that was the take. Yet another NHL team has caved to homophobia and abandoned the wearing of LGBT pride jerseys for warm-ups. While the team did execute other initiatives, it's yet another slap in the face from the NHL and its players. Dude, that's just one tweet. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's bat nuts crazy. Did you happen to see the Bicurious jerseys? I did not. Is the guy shrugging his shoulders? <laughs> his hands out? Yeah. It was, it was half one team, half the other. I don't know which team I'm playing for here. Right, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. That's the one religion yeah. you cannot go after right now. That's right. Currently. It's true. Okay, there's a whole lot more to get to. Um, another news update. Um, and why did the scientists deceive everyone about COVID-19? That's a question, isn't it? We'll get to that as well. Coming up right here.
Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Saw this out of the Washington Examiner. Title of the piece, Why Did the Scientists Deceive Everyone About COVID-19? Listen, I know we've all had it with Fauci. Okay, so if your interest in this story is low, I can make it as short as possible. And it's really a lot of stuff that if you've been paying attention, you already know. But as you know, at the very beginning, if you said, hey, this may come out of that lab, that's what I've been hearing. Racist! That's what you were called early on. Okay. And they say in the piece that Fauci held this conference call with a handful of scientists. We knew this early February 2020 which he stressed the need to make people stop talking about a possible lab leak. In the words of one of those scientists from a subsequent email, Fauci prompted Dr. Christian Anderson and others to draft a paper debunking the lab leak theory titled The Proximal Origin of SARS-CoV-2. As it says in the piece, there's nothing wrong with trying to prove or disprove something. That's what science is. But the Fauci paper was the product of motivated reasoning, which is a great sin against science. It could be called a cover-up. And, you know, why was there a cover-up? Well, you can speculate on that. But there was certainly a Mm cover-up. So the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic released this memo, you know, last weekend, talking about the history of the paper. And it's really something, man, when you're reminded of all this stuff. Because as they said, you know, this, this couldn't have come from this lab in Wuhan saying it's almost implausible astonishing for these people to change their minds and rewrite a paper which is what some of them did as we know now the lab leak hypothesis is the most likely explanation you're getting that from all parts of the world and as they go on with this op-ed The deeper question is why Fauci and the others were so eager to discredit the lab leak hypothesis that they would be so deceptive. And what were they trying to hide? What motive did they have? And that's why the investigations have to continue, because you got to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Even though I know we're all in some ways sick to death of it, you still want to know why. What's really going on? I mean, I think it has nothing to do with one particular lab. I think it's just there is a huge profit motive in making sure that there is less oversight over these cutting edge uh, laboratory uh, laboratories around the world. I mean, that, yes. that's really what it comes down to. If you start worrying about this lab in Wuhan, well, what about that one outside of uh, Corpus Christi? What about that one in North Carolina? What about that one in Arizona? And honestly, I hope that's all there is to it. I hope mm-hmm. it's not worse than that, as some people have speculated. We'll keep an eye on that. You know what? I mentioned this earlier, uh, real quick. If you ever shop at a thrift store, yeah, I have. <clears throat> yes, David, you have. Mm-hmm. I have. I haven't in a while. You know when to do it? Mondays and Tuesdays, so everything comes in on the weekend. Oh yeah, people oh, clean out their smart. closets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Early in the day is better. Mm-hmm. Right after major holidays, yeah, and spring, yeah. right around this time of year, because people are spring cleaning. Yep, they said. That's when they get the most stuff. You got to get in there, you know, soon. And watch the armpit stain, Scott. Got to watch for those. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. (laughs) Biggest story of the day, David? Biggest story of the day, I think, is the continuing fallout from Tucker Carlson uh, just showing some different video and different interviews 
from what happened on the day of the Capitol riot and how absolutely furious mainstream media and Democrats and even some, disappointingly enough, Republicans who are mad about a segment they clearly didn't watch or they did and they're just willing to lie about it. Yes and yes. It's one of the two. We'll get more into that. And then, Robin, you got your uh, big three of the day. Yeah. As always. Yep. Oh, yeah. If we have time, um, we could go through the dating dictionary. It's to help old people with dating. (laughs) I don't know if you're interested. All coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Anybody who watched that video would strongly degree, disagree. Huh? Anybody who watched that video, uh, what? In a yeah, with their own eyes in a real way, and saw what happened on that day, what? would. How do you watch something in a real way? I don't know, but um, I, I guess. I don't know if you were aware of this, Scott, but I was watching the footage through your eyes. Uh, Yeah. So that was a mistake on my part. Yes. Uh, I will return your eyes to you. Thank you. And use my own to watch the video. Since we both, all of us on this show, wear glasses, you really didn't get an advantage at all. Right, exactly. We just kind of pop the eyeball out, swap. Yeah, give him back to you. Yeah. If we could just get state-approved video, yeah, right. then we could watch it with real eyes <laughs> well, yeah. and then know what happened on January 6th. Naturally, yes. 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 Okay. So, yeah, talking about Tucker Carlson and Chuck Schumer saying, and he's going to play it again. And Fox needs to shut it down because it's a threat to our democracy that the American people can see video that they've paid for. Can you imagine that? A senator in the United States asking that a television commentator be pulled off the air shut down because he doesn't like what he's saying and the video he's showing that's remarkable man that's where we are that's remarkable calling for the silencing yeah. i think it's it's not so much that it's it's a totally unique or new thing the the react the the interesting thing to me is that you know outlets like the washington post where democracy dies in darkness <laughs> aren't just right. losing their minds about yes this. Mm-hmm. well it's interesting because, again, when they're saying he is trying to just cherry-pick clips from January 6th and create this narrative that's not true. And this was the worst assault on democracy since the Civil War. <laughs> well, I think if you watch the video and you are not insane, you'd say, okay, that's, that's stretching it a lot. Give me a break. Is it worse than 9-11? No. Is it worse than December 7, 1941? No. And at the same time, you say, yes, if someone was assaulting cops, you should be arrested. You'd be put in jail. But the QAnon shaman, four years when the police are leading him around, trying to open doors that are locked to get him where he wants to go, and friendly conversations going back and forth, for a lot of people, that doesn't make sense. But you're trying to control everything, even people's thoughts, when you're on the left. And then it was something when Mitch McConnell and other Republicans, Mitt Romney, Come out there. They were not happy with Tucker. Oh, they were very troubling. 
What? And it was interesting because Tucker mentioned that last night. All the freak out on both sides. And I'll play you part of his take and see if you agree or not. And from this, we learn two things. One, you're getting close to what they really care about. And you have to ask yourself, why? Why is it so important that they would degrade themselves by telling such obvious lies and calling for censorship? Why? What are they trying to protect? That might be worth exploring, and we plan to. And the second thing that we learn from this is that they're on the same side. The Senate Majority Leader joins the Senate Minority Leader. Tom Tillis, Mitt Romney. (laughs) They're all on the same side. So it's actually not about left and right. It's not about Republican and Democrat. Here you have people with shared interests. The open borders people. The people people like Mitch McConnell who are living in splendor on Chinese money. Okay, hold on there for a second. So far, think there's something to that? Because that's yeah. exactly what I thought after we passed the omnibus bill. Oh, yeah. It's like, I mean, you just throw your hands up. Like, they're all corrupt. Mm-hmm. People that are getting rich off of the American people. Using their status to enrich themselves. They don't care. Care how far in debt we go. Don't care about the border. About the fentanyl coming across the border killing people. Or they do something about it. So do you agree with this take? He says that a lot of these people are on the same side. Well, well they're in the club. I mean, that, yes. that's really it. And I think it was George Carlin who said it all those years ago, where it's a big club and you're not in it. <laughs> Correct. You know, yeah. that, that's basically and you can't, it. you can't enter it. Yeah. It's the forbidden city they live in. I think there's about 20 seconds left. Go ahead. The people who, underneath it all, have everything in common are all aligned against everyone else. Yeah. And that would include... Almost all news organizations in this country as well. And so if you're watching this, it might be kind of interesting to keep a list. Because one thing we learned today is that they're all in agreement with each other. Yeah. But not Kevin McCarthy. He pushed back hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Were you concerned about, do you have any regrets? No. Still concerned about CNN. I thought that was a pretty good answer, honestly. But we'll see what happens tonight. And, you know, it's interesting, David, we were talking about this yesterday, and you too, Scott, about how much Schumer was going after Tucker Carlson and you had all the networks. What if they had all ignored it, like they have done so many things over the last few years? Would this even be as big a deal? No, but I think they, I, I think it doesn't really matter if they promote or whatever. I think the calculation here is let's freak out as much as possible. Uh, to just try to discredit anyone who pushes back whatsoever. It's a warning to everybody else. This is what we will do to you if you push back on anything we say. Yeah. And the freak out is a ratings grabber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great for Fox. In, 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 in abysmal times. And you, you, need to, you need Trump to still be a villain. Yeah. Yeah. You have to figure out a way to make that happen. Well, and the other thing I can't help but think is independents pay attention to stuff like this. And all of a sudden, they see video they've never seen before going, hey, this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. All right, you ready for your big three, Scott? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, let's do it. Okay. Roll it out. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins trifecta, always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Casey. Buddy, buddy, buddy. How you doing? 
I'm ready. Okay. Three. Uh, number three. Uh, I think I saw. If this is the same thing that I saw, uh, then I know where you're going with this, and it is depressing. New stats on fatherless homes. Golly, this is this is one of my things. We talk about this. We have before. The issue is very important because kids who grow up without fathers are at a higher risk. We know this of engaging in delinquent criminal behaviors. We know this that undermines their own long-term prospects in life, and they in turn. The cycle continues with them. We know this. Nobody yep. talks about it. Overall, 11% of U.S. children were living in a father-absent household in 1960. 11%. That total is now 25%. So this trend combined with population increases means that there were 11 million more kids and adolescents living in father-absent homes in 2020 and 2021 than in 1960 with 18.3 million. 2.6-fold increase in this. That's I'll be honest on. with you, that it's 25% mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. I thought it was worse than that. Well, part of this, if it's the same uh, statistics I saw, mm-hmm. part of it is uh, brought down, if it's the overall average, it's brought down yeah. significantly by uh, Asian families. Yes. Because if you look at uh, whites and blacks in particular, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot more fatherless homes in those two communities than even Hispanics or or, or Asians. You know, and, and, I have seen that too. This article goes on and says, you know, of all the social changes in the last century in this country, this is, according to them now, the worst and most damaging overall. And I can't disagree with that. No. But again, it's never discussed, never talked about. No. I mean, this is... Dude, it's a bigger conversation. I, it, First it, of all... No, it is. You're right. And when people... Call you racist for bringing that stat up? Yes. I asked the question, isn't that racist for you to call it racist? Because you're assuming. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But, I mean, we, got a, we, we have a real issue with tracking deadbeat dads down and making them pay their fair share. A lot of that is certainly not at top of mind with, with uh, politicians or law enforcement. It's worse than that, though. It's not just the money. And, no, it, it, but that's part of the problem is the economic yeah. you know, problems it causes, right? Yes. Yeah, it's a huge huge issue but damn man you're right though you can't bring it up because if you bring it up you're a racist or you're uh, uh you know you're anti-female you're you're you know but that's how you destroy a country i is you you break apart the family unit that's one of the first steps i get it. this has been going on over time the left infiltrated everything including academia and the colleges and breaking apart families i mean it's classic marxism because you do. You weaken an entire country when you can break apart the family. And I want to say, for the record, there are some phenomenal women who have done it on their own. Sure. Phenomenal. Yes. have done a great job, and you oh. should be applauded. I mean, like, my mom for several years was a single mom with three kids mm-hmm. growing up. And, I mean, again, I, I, I think about how much it's changed in the last, even since I was a kid, even in the last 20-some-odd years. I mean, like, when, when you know, when my folks split up that was a big deal among my peer group because i yeah, there was right. only one other kid in my class that uh whose parents had been divorced and now it's like it's pretty common i mean i've got family members who are teachers and it's like the kids have you know four different guardians who are cleared to pick them up because they've been divorced remarried or whatever 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, even that though, even the divorce thing is almost its own separate thing when you're talking about fatherless homes, because in a lot of cases, it's not even divorce. It's just there was never any marriage. There was never any right. relationship. The dude knocks up a lady and then bails. Right. Yeah. Man, that's a whole. It, it is. It's, I know it's a sobering topic on some on a lot of levels, too, but it's not openly discussed. Hey, man, I know it's International Women's Day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Men are devalued in our society today. Great. Flat point. out. Oh, totally. There's no way around it. Totally devalued. Okay. I think Casey get. Yeah. Yeah, he, he agreed. He did. Yes. Yeah. We're getting closer and closer <laughs> to number one. Two. Uh, the bill that you're footing because of illegal immigration, Scott. Yeah, according to Fox News, illegal immigration. How much is it going to cost us all? A whopping amount of money. Well. Oh. Illegal immigration is now costing U.S. taxpayers $151 billion a year, marking a 30% increase in the last five years. The study, Fiscal Burden of Illegal Immigration on U.S. Taxpayers, by the Federation of American Immigration Reform, concludes that American taxpayers pay overall around $182 billion annually for services and benefits to illegal immigrants. And in polling, you'll see it. Americans have wanted this cracked down on a long time yeah. ago. So that cost represents a 30% increase since 2017. Yeah. It was a Thir- real steal. It was a steal. They continue to steal it from in. us all. And now, it, it, I mean, when you look at this, <clears throat> Zelensky's going, that's nothing. <laughs> Where's my money? Now, <laughs> on with the countdown. Yeah. The Sky Robbins trifecta, top three of the day. And finally, yes. one. Uh-huh. Oh, man, this is a dark story, but there is some street justice, I guess. Yeah. Uh, California mom uh, got thrown in jail because she was throwing teen rape parties. Unbelievable. Uh, she's not having a great time in jail. Uh, yeah, California woman facing more than three dozen charges for uh, hosting a series of booze-fueled sex parties for teenagers in her house, got locked up, went to prison, got the hell beat out of her the other day by five inmates in prison. Well, part of this was they had boys assaulting girls at the party. Yes. Sharon O'Connor, 49-year-old mom, say uh, was allegedly invited 14- and 15-year-olds to these crazy parties with her sons behind her husband's back. Apparently, he didn't know anything about it. Wow. How do you not know about that? Maybe he worked at that time. They had a $5 million mansion they were living in, by the way. She gave 15 minor teens access to booze, a full run of the house, and encouraged them to have sex. Cool, Mom. Yeah. At one party, she handed a very drunk boy a condom and shoved him into a room with a 14-year-old girl. Oh, my goodness. This is very, very dark. Uh, she's been arrested. She's going to jail. She was hospitalized after the attack and then was returned to the county jail. So you had five women in the county jail probably hear about what she was in there for and exactly. they beat the crap out of her. Yes. She says she wants to finish her term and run for school board. And there you have it. <laughs> and that's the Scott Robbins trifecta. I made that part up. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> run the Department of Education. Good night, man. <laughs> Okay, we got to get to another news update. Hopefully, one not so dark. And Nimrods of the News coming up right here. Goodbye.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. This is phenomenal, man. So CNN is trying to figure out how to make their primetime lineup work. So what well, really the entire lineup work because they've torched all their credibility uh, going after Trump the way that they did and just lying to people constantly for years. That's record low ratings. It's awful, man. So they had this heavily promoted exclusive interview with Dr. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden. It aired last night. They got 368,000 total viewers. Uh Uh-oh. Now, just by comparison. Holy cow. Hannity got nearly 3 million. Rachel Maddow got over 2 million. They got 368,000 total viewers. Now, I want to also have an aside here. We played a couple of clips from that interview on this show. And I'm not going to get into all the details because of rules and regulations and all of this stuff, but I can tell you for a fact that more people heard Dr. First Lady, Dr. Jill Biden on this radio show than they did on CNN, where the interview actually aired. To be honest, it's not even close. <laughs> you know, it's not bragging. That's just saying how bad they are. I mean, that's, that's, that's just not even a close. scoreboard, man. Dr. Yeah. Jill Biden's people are on line one. That's, they want to get no, on no, the no, show. No, no. That's, yeah. that's Dr. First Lady, Dr. Jill okay, Biden. If I, you have I'm, to say doctor twice yeah, all right, to man. make up We're for the knuckle draggers who won't Scott. call her doctor. When doctor. the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's the news. We go to Utah. 37-year-old woman there. Name is Crystal Moss. I think my buddy smoked that once. Bad trip. Anyway. Roll it up. uh, Apparently, she felt a lot of negative energy at home. And she wanted to do something about just the bad vibes and negative energy. Okay. And so, well... She intentionally used a Bic lighter to ignite a tree of life, which was placed inside a cauldron near her bedroom closet. And it was taking a while. She's like, gosh, dang it. So she poured a bottle of alcohol to speed up the process. Oh, jeez. Everything burned down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's in jail now. Guessing a little more negative energy where she's at now. Oh, yeah, That's Nimrod's in the news.